Loyalty begins before a customer becomes a customer. Brands that succeed in the coming decade will be the ones that transform themselves into loyalty companies and not just have loyalty programs. Hello, I'm Wilson Raj, and welcome to the Reimagine Marketing Podcast. Today's episode is Loyalty in the Digital Age. I'm joined by Daniel Newman, Principal Analyst and Founding Partner of Future Research. And we're going to talk about how brands can build, sustain, and strengthen this elusive brand loyalty. Wilson, we all know what an, a good loyalty program looks like. And we know the importance of a good loyalty program. You and I, for instance, we're travelers. Our work has us all over the world. You were just in South America. I make multiple trips, uh, six continents in the last year. I'm a one-world flyer. I've memorized my American Airlines uh, rewards number. I'd read it out, but no one would care. But the fact is, I know it. And it's because these companies have built programs to earn loyalty. But as a whole, there's some industries, whether it's your airlines, whether it's your favorite cup of coffee, or maybe where you like to eat out for your quick take meal all the time, where a program is the difference between success and we'll say failure in terms of building a customer program that keeps people coming back. But in a lot of industries, it's not programmatic. It's not having a rewards card. It's not an app, but it really comes down to doing so much more as it pertains to building customer loyalty. Wilson, welcome back to this show. Big topic. Excited to talk about it. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, you and I, between the two of us, we probably have like 20 loyalty cards, right, as it relates to hotel rewards and airline travel and, and car rental. And I think, and therein lies the the opportunity, but also the challenge, because loyalty programs, by and large, uh, while and some are better than others, is predicated on one thing and one thing only. It's it's all about transactions. It's all about how much we bought, uh, how much we flew, uh, how much we stayed uh, in, in different hotels, uh, how much we purchased. And so th- that is something I think uh, this, I'm excited to talk about this research because going to the future, uh, just basing loyalty programs on the volume of transactions or whatever those metrics may be for different industries uh, isn't going to cut it. In fact, uh, I think we would be bold enough to say that loyalty product programs are dead, long live loyalty. And so let's unpack that a little bit more. Absolutely. And I think we could start with some some data because, well, we talked to 4,000 plus respondents. And in case you haven't tuned in any of our earlier episodes, this is a global study, 4,000 plus, 2,000 brands, 2,000 consumers. You can get the full report at sas.com slash experience 2030. There's so much info. Let's unpack it. 42% of consumers say three or fewer brands provide a high level of customer satisfaction. Now, to give a little more context, it's three or fewer consistently provide that of brands that people engage with. Overall, people don't find, Wilson, that that they get a great experience. And so when you say brands, they're talking about every experience in their day. They're talking about where they eat but they're also talking about B2B relationships that they might have through work. Three or fewer when people on average engage with hundreds of brands is a very significant data point. And as I've said in some past episodes, it's an opportunity, but it's also somewhat alarming because when you go up to say six or 10 brands that consistently create a great experience, 
12%, Wilson. People only have a few brands in their mind that really consistently create great experiences. And I want to give you one more uh, data point, but there was a study that came out a few years ago that said something like 89% of companies in the year 2017 intended to compete and differentiate themselves on customer experience. So all these companies a few years back now, we're looking into 2030, and this is a few years ago, said that they were going to differentiate and compete on customer experience. But our survey panel doesn't agree. Our survey panel does not feel. So this is a perception gap right here. It's absolute perception gaps where brands are putting a lot of effort into building customer journeys, uh, into personalizing, into making them really real-time and contextual, while you know, there's still that value around special recognition, right, or rewards from a, from a consumer perspective. And I think there was another stat in there that, that also caught my attention around that 50% of the brands consider quality as the highest rated factor that drives consumer loyalty. So the quality of the products or services offered in terms of, you know, not just the price, but the quality. And I think the touch points have to be considered as drivers of loyalty, if brands have to close that perception gap. So not just, again, we talked about earlier as an as a end loyalty program, but around the journey itself, as they're interacting, how can they build uh, loyalty uh, and, and efficacy in terms of that brand affinity? That is really the challenge. I think from a data perspective, uh, there's a lot that can be done. Brands can help consumers, what I call save attention, that means do the thinking for them, you know, outsource, deploy, use uh, AI or hidden intelligence to make recommendation and free up that, that attention that is so crucial to uh, brand affinity. The other one is uh, they could shorten these journeys by incrementally improving each step of the journey, removing any kind of barriers or any kind of uh, pain points, and then defining that, those expectations on the fly in terms of quality and, and um and expectations. So uh, those things can be done on, on a incremental basis and not just to have a end loyalty program in mind. Yeah, I think there's so much about continuous improvement that's going to be key for experience and experience creation heading into the next five and 10 years. I think a lot of companies want to solve it overnight, but a lot of it does start with things like getting your data in order, having the right set of data, start building the right analytics, incorporating machine learning. And we'll talk more about that when we dive into the tech. But from a loyalty standpoint, one of the areas we really focused on was the attributes that create customer loyalty. So we looked at today what drives loyalty and then it's experience 2030. So we asked, well, what about five and 10 years out? What's going to drive loyalty? And you know, just to kind of give a top three today, the top three is pricing, which is a little scary because so many companies believe that you can overcome pricing by providing more quality, but quality comes in second. So right now it's still special pricing at 39% with high quality products coming in at 35% and speed. And you can ask Amazon, who's made massive investments to get to same day delivery in so many instances, that came in third at 31%. So that's today. Now let's just jettison into the future. People seem to think pricing will uh, be surpassed, usurped by quality. So 
while 39% say low price is number one today, 56% say quality in the future. So maybe brands are onto the right track by moving towards a quality model. Um, pricing then falls in behind at 53%. And then there's a big drop off. But in third at 24% comes to special recommendations and upgrades. So companies personalizing experiences seems to be shooting up. Now, I would actually suggest my put my analyst and futurist hat on and say that number will be higher. That's the difference of people who can't quite see what's going to happen and what will happen, but they're on the right track. They get the fact that getting more personalized, getting more specialized is going to make a difference. When you saw this top 10 list, sort of how did you react? You know, I, I'm in the same, uh, you know, putting the SaaS hat on, I would say that the third component around contextualization, around personalization, rising to the top, will become the key impetus for building loyalty. As we uh, we talked about earlier, you know, that the early attributes of loyalty, they're still around rewards based on transaction, right? Points, uh, amount spent, uh, miles flown, etc. But as we move into, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, uh, now, the quality is always a given, right? That's your brand promise. But more and more, as we talked about loyalty being embedded into the customer journey, it is really about adding a, two more dimensions to the reward and transaction. The second element that we added is value. What value, what incremental value along the journey, whether even before you become a customer, all the way till you become a brand ambassador and at all points in between, what value are you offering them in terms of uh, ease, convenience? Uh, that could be an emotional component to the brand, you know, whatever that may be. And then the third element is recognition. Are you recognizing me not just as an individual, but also my my lifetime value to the organization? And I think when you add the the rewards, the recognition, and the value components along the customer journey, then that journey becomes a pivotal enabler for loyalty. So I think the key thing here to remember is that loyalty starts even before you become a customer. So when I'm trying out things on your site, when I'm checking out something on your shopping cart for the first time, wow, that is an opportunity to build loyalty by the experiences that that are being provided through that through that interaction. Absolutely. And one of the things that we keep coming back to because of how we designed the survey to have brands and consumers is this perception and reality gap. And so I started off the show talking about it's not about brands and consumers having a lack of alignment, but to some extent there is some lacking alignment that needs to be discussed. So I earlier provided those top three being today, the low cost, high quality, and immediacy of availability. Well, those were at 39, 35, and 31% respectively by the, the the consumers. Well, brands seem to think quality is number one with 58% believing it's that, then 50% being cost and 45% saying availability. So it's interesting because they actually had the same top three. So it means they're able to put their consumer hat on and they're sort of empathic to the customer and what the consumer's thinking. However, they're overrating how one thing can be a differentiator. And clearly how I see this, Wilson, is that consumers 
actually probably weigh three or four or five factors into loyalty, whereas brands might feel like it's one or two. And that's why such a high percentage is being attributed to a single attribute. So for instance, we see 39% at number one being the low cost by consumers right now, with 20% being the 10th item, which was consistency of brand and image. Well, the brands just overrated each of them. And their number one was high quality at 58% and offers ads information that uh, different than consumers expressed interest, but relevant. So that would be recommendation engines, for instance, at 40%. So consumers are putting a number of items together to get to maybe that 100% if you add them in aggregate. And brands are putting everything at, you know, they're seeing them at 40 and 50% rankings for their importance. And so it comes back to a thing of the alignment is they see similar, but they're overestimating. And I think that's an opportunity for brands to realize it's not going to be one or two things. It really does come down to how you do each thing correctly. And with technology, everything from recommendation engines to corporate social responsibility to app-based notifications to just being available to pick up the phone. These are all things that aggregate to create loyalty. Absolutely. It is a cumulative effect, right? Just as you you can't the loyalty program itself enough. To be a loyalty company, you have to be cumulative. There's just absolutely no way around it. In other words, all your business functions, whether it's marketing, sales, service, support, uh, that could be mid-office operations, has to be gelled in to that notion of loyalty. How am I rewarding? How am I building value for the consumer? And how am I recognizing them along those points? And I think from a from a data perspective, uh, this is where it's exciting for, from a SaaS because we see a lot of our customers using data along the journey to build those points. So a good example of that multifaceted loyalty engine would be uh, Orlando Magic. Now for them, of course, you know, for, for sports franchises like that, the, the season ticket holder is the epitome of the loyal customer, right? Because I bought a season's worth of tickets and I'm I'm guaranteed, well, at least from a revenue perspective, right? I, I spent that money. But they go beyond that. For them, it's an immersive experience from the time you leave the home to go to a Orlando Magic, Magic game. You sign into their mobile app and you're getting pre-game data about your favorite players in real time. As you near the uh, venue, the app directs you to your, uh, your parking spot and then gives you turn-by-turn signals to your seat where now you can actually order what you had the last time or, you know, a hot dog or a, or a burger. And then you could even, you know, while you're, you're enjoying your food and watching the game, you could call uh, the mascot to do a selfie with you. Now, along all those points, what Orlando is building is experiential loyalty, not transactional loyalty. And that's what five years from now, 10 years from now is going to be the, that difference. And so, uh, they're building fan experience. I think, uh, to me, a, a good reminder for our audience today is, hey, we all want to make, not not just make it custom experience, but make it a fan experience of your brand. I think the owners and marketing leadership at the Orlando Magic have spent a little time experiencing the magic of Disney not so far away because so yeah. much of what you're saying makes me think about the princess that shows up at the dinner of your seven-year-old daughter and the, the eyes light up. And I say that child will grow up someday and have a family and return to Disney. And it will be a moment like that, that, that immersive experience. And it happens in other places too, Wilson. It happens. 
I talk about Starbucks all the time. They really do understand how to do immersive experience from end to end. Their stores, starting with their whole third place concept, it's a place where people come and they settle in and they work. And the baristas are, are very personable. Uh, they're also well uh, compensated and cared for because that translates into better experience because they get tuition reimbursement and they you know feel like they're a part of a company where they can grow and right. they pass that along to the consumer. But then it, it actually continues to expand to the app, right? Where the app is very well designed. It tells you what you've ordered. It tells you you've got your little stars and you can get your items after you spend so much. It connects to you know your pay systems, whatever your preferred method of payment is. And it just makes that whole, from the time I decide I want a cup of coffee to the time I get my cup of coffee experience so seamless. So you have your loyalty program, but the loyalty really is in the fact that they're getting to know you. They're delivering uh, relevant information to you. Uh, each time you go into the store, it's consistent. The journey, each shopping journey is is similar and familiar and makes people feel good. So it can be the Orlando Magic at, at a stadium. It could be your favorite theme park, but it could also be something as simple as your everyday cup of coffee. And one of the things specific that I thought Starbucks does so well is the utilization of technology. And, and that kind of brings us to the last part of our loyalty section was what are the technology features that drive consumer loyalty? Wilson, what, what, what were your, some of your takes on, on some of the tech data that came back from the survey? You know, I think all the examples that you mentioned in terms of Starbucks and, and Disney, Orlando Magic and, and, and Carlotas, even the cruise lines, they're using the same sort of point of presence, beacons, et cetera, to be able to harness more immersive experience for folks on, on the cruise, right? Whether they're on the ship or off the ship. And I think a couple of things that, that come in from a technology perspective. Number one is a sort of a customer data platform. And I, I use that term, you know, very uh, openly. I, I, there's no, to me, I'm not going to a specific CDP definition, but there is a customer identity capability in terms of trying to identify folks on a one-to-one -one basis in terms of not just all the transactions I've done, but also with uh, Wi-Fi, with beacons, you know, location-based services in terms of where they are physically, where they are digitally on a, on, a, on a journey. So having an ability to be able to collate and coalesce all those different data points that speak to my uh, customer state is, is absolutely crucial. And number two, there has to be obviously an application of analytics. So all the things that we talked about, whether it's Disney or Starbucks or Orlando Magic, these brands are using advanced analytics, generally powered by machine learning or AI, to be able to do those recommendation engines. Now, if you look at uh, Amazon, which is another good example, they have about 20 plus, maybe you know, 21, 25 data science systems. So you have recommendation engines, which are connected to pricing systems, which are then connected to content, which are then connected to inventory and so on. And anytime there is a signal in one of these systems, let's say from a consumer demand, it sets off a chain of events that then orchestrates the right pricing, the right inventory, the right content recommendations, delivery options to that specific uh, signal. So again, the application of, of, of analytics along the customer journey, not just broad customer journey, but specific points and articulating that and orchestrating that 
from an experience perspective, it's something else from a technology perspective that really weaves everything together. Yeah, and it was interesting to see what consumers and brands look at when it comes to driving loyalty around technology. Consumers are quite simple in this. The number one thing, real-time product order tracking. That's what they want. 31% said that. Ironically, brands didn't have that in their top five. So either the A, the brands have skipped to the future, and they're not even thinking about the blocking and tackling, Mm -hmm. pardon the sports analogy, (laughs) or uh, they just don't rate that as highly. But I can say as a consumer, uh, even as a business buyer, the first thing I think about after I procure anything is when do I get it? Right. So that to me is either, like I said, you know, almost a survey faux pas where they just missed that answer, or it's a little bit of a wake up like, hey, do the basics first. Because the first thing that the brands were focused on was mobile, uh, mobile apps, having a mobile app experience. And that was number two for the, the consumer. So they weren't wrong there. But Start with the basics. Some of the other areas that were interesting was uh, high-speed access to site. We've heard those stats probably over time. And if you're a a marketer or an experienced designer or a business owner, you've probably heard things like, you know, consumers only spend a few seconds waiting for a site to load. Or if an app is slow or difficult, they bail. So that certainly ranks very, very highly. Brands are very driven by things like tracking offline. And you're starting to see that with the proliferation of IoT, consumers don't have that high up on their list. And that kind of goes back to our uh, trust episode, which I hope you'll take some time to tune into, which was another area that Wilson and I cover and that's covered throughout this study. So that's kind of like the today, but let's just flip for a minute and look into the future. So when we asked people to start thinking ahead, this kind of shows maybe not so much even a gap, but where brands are probably spending a little more time thinking to the future and individuals are spending a little less time. Individuals, consumers are saying from 2025 to 30, they're now becoming very interested in that mobile experience. Well, I think brands are like, we're past that. Now they're starting to think about ordering from your smart speaker in your home. They're thinking about 5G and how important it's going to be that when you're in the subway underground that you're still getting one gigabyte per second speed so that you can shop and buy an experience. Uh, So consumers, I think, are – this is where they really need brands to start tying in and helping them see the journey and experience it themselves because consumers don't have always the full picture. If you're talking about over 2,000 consumers, not all of them are tech savvy. Not all of them – necessarily are focused on what might be next. And that's where CMOs and chief digital officers and analytics leaders need to start sort of paint the picture for consumers so they can they can see the future. And this became very, very clear because uh, topics like automation, artificial intelligence, 5G, and smart speakers, um, only smart speakers really made it onto the list for consumers, but those were all on the lists for building loyalty through technology in 2025 to 2030. Right. I think this is a good example of where, now this time the brands are over-indexing on technology because through this research, we have seen that how consumers are adopting technology, typically generally at a faster pace than than, than marketers are adopting marketing technologies, right? But here's where uh, there's an over-index and, and then leaving the, the fundamentals behind in terms of, again, you know, how easy it is, how handy there's experience, how enjoyable is the experience. These are all hallmarks of loyalty. And I think 
uh, if brands were just to fixate on a couple of the, the key things that w- on what makes uh, a moment of truth is really, there are three elements, right? There's informational. I want to know something. I want to know how to get a price quote. I want to know how to return something. So there's all these informational elements that are baked in throughout the journey. Uh, there are transactional moments where they want to do something. They want to actually order something or they want to exchange. Uh, it's an action. And the last one is they need help. So they want to do something, they want to know something, and they need help with something. Now, when brands wrap all those things up into a nice emotional experience, right, which is really the brand promise, then you have something that can always be building loyalty throughout. And again, this is where uh, that data that can be used uh, and analytics can be used to to inform that intelligence to power those experiences. Yeah, there's so much to loyalty, and it's such an important topic for the customer experience of the future. As we head into the next 10 years, attention spans continue to get shorter. The options become greater. The world has been opened up. Everybody can pretty much access all goods, products, services, supplies. Disruptive forces are coming out of nowhere. And this is going to increase the need for brands to basically pay attention to a customer experience and to building loyalty for their customers. Is it overshooting on technology? I think it's making it easy is what it comes down to. If the technology makes it easy, people are going to adopt it. If technology feels like it's a lift, if it feels like you're asking me to do more work in order to embrace the new technology, then it's not going to drive things forward for for loyalty programs. But that's going to be really a key activity of the brands over the next five, 10 years to make technology transparent utilize it in ways that consumers are having that better experience, but don't really realize it. And we see this every day. We mentioned our examples throughout the show when we talked about the magic, when we talked about at Starbucks. Most people haven't thought about all the technology that has gone into making these great experiences great, but the results have been happier customers. So loyalty really starts with the basic building blocks of what do consumers want? How do we make it possible to deliver in the most seamless way possible? But don't underestimate the importance of the aggregate of several uh, different attributes. And that's probably my one other big tip here. Don't put too much weight into just quality or just pricing. Put effort into everything and understand that your experiences are being weighed across the board. Your company's social corporate, uh, corporate social responsibility statements to having immediate availability are all weighing in on what makes loyalty for, for a customer. Wilson, I'm going to give you the last word here on the topic of loyalty before we bring this one to an end. I think at the end of the day, especially into the future, loyalty will be a cross-team game. So it's not just the marketing department or uh, the loyalty group, for that matter, or even uh, support and and service. It's going to be an all-team game. It's going to be full collaboration. There has to be full data transfer and and, and, uh, transparency between all these groups to be able to build loyalty into moments of truth. And that's where the battle will be won. And thank you everyone for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to sas.com slash experience2030 to access more free resources and great content. Join us in the next episode where we'll address the issue of digital trust and how brands can offer the perfect blend of trust and technology. Until then, this is Wilson Raj signing off.